You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The LOLs, the moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. Well, we've heard quite a few people on this show and others claim that they have thought themselves well, even in the face of death. But what about those people who do get sick and do get worse and die? Are they being made to feel guilty for not thinking themselves well? Well, my guests today are on opposite sides of this mind over body debate. Doctors don't know why my first guest is alive. Leonard Borden says he changed his attitude. Imagine samurai warriors fighting the cancer in his body. A month later, the cancer was gone. My next guest was told she had 18 months to live if she did not have chemotherapy for her breast cancer. Jane Griffith says she refused the treatment Ten years later, she is still alive. My next guest wrote one of the most popular mind-over-body bestsellers. Dr. Bernie Siegel's Love, Medicine, and Miracles explains his experiences with what he calls exceptional patients who heal themselves in the face of death. My next guest is a doctor who totally disagrees with Dr. Siegel's philosophy. Dr. Sharon Newland says sick people are being made to feel guilty if they don't heal themselves, and there is no proof whatsoever that any of this works. Dr. Newland is author of Doctors, the Biography of Medicine. My next guest got so tired of people telling him that his severe backache was his own doing because of a bad attitude and stress, he wrote a column in Newsweek magazine to complain about it. Meet Rabbi Benjamin Black. And my last guest says when she was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, people wanted her to try acupuncture and yoga and love to get well. Anne Spain says she'll live as long as she can, but she is also planning her death. Welcome all of our guests to the show. I'll start with you. I'll start with you because this is where we got the idea to do this show from that column that you wrote in Newsweek magazine. What happened? 
I suffered from a herniated disc uh -huh. and I was just looking for some sympathy. And then I suddenly realized that there was a psychological change in our society. And everybody kept saying to me, why are you doing this to yourself? You must be the victim of self-induced stress. And what really got me upset was that I recalled a friend of mine who had died of cancer, who was able to deal with the reality of the sickness, but couldn't cope with the fact that throughout the last days, people made him feel as if he was the guilty one because he didn't obviously want to get well strongly enough because mm -hmm. he wasn't trying hard enough. And he would cry to me. Does this mean I'm a failure? What I'm saying is that there's an extreme position today. I grant, of course, that there's a great deal to mind-body relationship. I grant as well that there is such a thing as love medicine and miracles. What I think is wrong is I believe as a rabbi that we pray for miracles, but we don't expect miracles. And when they don't happen, say that anybody who isn't well must be guilty himself. Don't blame the victim. Do you think, Dr. Newland, this is making people feel guilty as they die? Well, there's no question about that. That's really not my problem with Bernie's propositions. My problem with Bernie's propositions has to do with the aura of science that he puts around them, in spite of the fact that what he's actually done is to take an enormous leap of faith, mm -hmm. which of course is the secret of it all, an enormous leap of faith from certain experiments which show something that we all agree on, that there is a psychological factor that involves the immune system. I don't think any sensitive physician, any physician with any experience could possibly disagree with the concept that a patient's state of mind is very important in their illness. But along comes Bernie and says, poof, the mind controls the immune system. Direct quote, the only quote I memorized from the book, Bernie, so that I could use it today. There's no evidence of that. And as long as people continue to believe that with their minds they can control their immune system, they're believing something that they simply can't do. It's like getting high on LSD and trying to jump off a roof and fly. But you yourself just said that it's an enormous leap of faith. And suppose it does. Suppose it does control the immune system, but there is no proof that it does. It's not a question of there being no proof that it does or does not. Mm -hmm. It's a question of our already being so close to understanding the various factors that do control the immune system that mm -hmm. we know that the mind, the conscious mind, is only one small factor. Mm -hmm. What actually happens is that whether we develop immunity to something, whether we can control the disease process, has to do with three systems in our body the neurological system, starting with this wonderful structure of ours, the brain, mm -hmm. which has a conscious part, which has an unconscious part, which has a reflex part, which has an animal part that's under the control of nothing. The rest of the nervous system has nerves that you know about. They control the muscles. They control feeling. Nerves you don't know about. They're humming along and taking care of your gut and your bladder and your heart. Then there's the endocrine system, the hormones. We're just beginning to understand that. To say that these two systems talk to each other all the time is really what goes on. And they talk to the immune system. And the result of all of this is a concatenation of factors of which the mind is one. Bernie? He just said what he told us he didn't agree with. They do talk to each other. 
go down to National Institutes of Mental Health, talk to a basic scientist named Candace Pert, who says, quote, the medical profession is going to have to confront this thing we call the mind. We have neuropeptides, we have interleukin, interferon, endorphin. Where does it come from? The brain. What do macrophages make? Same things. We communicate. We're a unit. That's what I'm saying. Medicine has not studied success. There are 4,000 articles in the medical literature about people who got over incurable illnesses, and in only one article did they ask the patient what happened, and she said, my much-hated husband died, whereupon I got well. Now, what we have to understand is, I don't think that success is an accident, because when you interview people who have gotten better, they have something to teach us. I don't create failure. His friends' friends created it. Your parents did it, your teachers did it, and your religious leaders do it to you. I don't create failures. Some of you need to be crucified more than once. I'm sorry. I'm resurrecting people. People who have never lived say, I learned I'm going to die. I say, then let me teach you to live. What are their quotes? I learned I was going to die. I decided to experience unconditional love before I died. And the byproduct was getting well. I'm teaching people to heal their lives. You can't cure everything. I will announce it publicly. Lovers, joggers, vegetarians, and non-smokers all die. Period. <laughs> so if you're trying not to die, cut it out. You're going to fail. But the trouble is most people have never lived, have never experienced love, have never enjoyed it. And love is physiologic. And the immune system does change when you're depressed, when there's despair, and when you don't deal with it. You're giving your body a die message. And if you don't believe me, go home and try it. Dr. Newland, you say no? Well, in actual fact, if you talk to the researchers who do this work, who study the effect of various parts of the immune system, they tell you that Bernie has taken their little ball and run with it to a field where they have no conception that it could possibly belong. Again, there's no doubt that there is interaction between the immune system, the mind, the endocrine system. But you must remember that this is a very confused system of feedback. This is a system where a hormone can tell your brain that a particularly terribly stressful thing is actually a good thing to juice up your immune system. We're talking about a tiny factor, which we have all recognized in clinical practice, and we are extrapolating this into the controlling force. And it's fascinating to me to read through Bernie's book and look at some of the research, knowing the researchers or knowing their work, because I first became fascinated with this in 1963, when it was begun at the University of Rochester, and I watched it grow and watched it develop. At the present time, where we sit, is simply that we know that one of the important mechanisms in starting disease and in stopping disease, in affecting the progress of a disease, is the mind for some people. For some people. For some people. Okay, yes. But if I made myself better, then if I get a reoccurrence, did I make myself sick? I do positive imaging and I believe in it very strongly and it helps it helped uh, with chemotherapy, with the hysterical nausea, and it helps me feel like I'm getting control over the disease again. But then a lot of people don't allow me to feel the anger and the depression and all the other things, and so you never get the peace with the illness. But that's your problem, see? What do you mean, no, they don't let no, you? No, it's the problem with the idea of positive attitude, that you must have a positive attitude no. every minute. You see, and if that, you start right. to feel the fear and the depression, you're going to die. That's where you have the wrong therapist, or you don't have any therapist. We're talking about peace talking of mind. About you can't walk around being positive all the time. You feel despair, you tell somebody about it. 
I understand that, but the, I'm just saying that's the problem with the positive attitude thing. No, the positive the, attitude okay, has gotten a bum rap because everybody thinks See, of it I as a I think that Pollyanna a lot of people have thing. misinterpreted it because they think that it's about being Pollyanna-ish, right. and it really is about truth, which isn't Pollyanna-ish. It's just truth means that sometimes you feel badly, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes you're angry, and sometimes you're, you're, you're depressed. You see what I'm saying? Because if you have to go around and pretending that you're not depressed when you're depressed, that's not truth. And you'll right. kill yourself faster. Yes. Right, but what if that morning I didn't do my positive imaging, and I ran around with a stressful... Did you have a nice day? Oh, yeah, I love okay. it. Okay, and I forgive mean, yourself. Simington. Let me give you the words of Garrett Porter, the boy who started the program who got over an incurable brain tumor, quote, from his doctor. He said, did you meditate today? He said, well, I did it once, good, otherwise I had a nice day. He didn't say, my God, I didn't do it four times. If it's going to add a burden, don't do it. What I'm talking about is there are people who are killed by doctor's words, you see. Yes. You can't tell the yes. future from a pathology report. That's right. the real key. Go out and fight for your life. One way of fighting is you, not just me. But see, to me, that's participation. And a that's lot of times people be. don't accept participation. They want only positive attitude. Do you know well, what the word patient means? It yeah. means submissive. That's the root of the word. And if you're a good patient, you're submissive. Be a participant. Take oh, responsibility. I am. I am and but I think let the feelings The key out. thing is not to be a victim of your own life. Or a patient. Right. Yeah, <laughs> this is your life. What are you going to do with it? The question doesn't have to do with guilt or not guilt. The question has to do with what steps can I take? What direction do I want to set for my life? I'm in charge here. They're not. So then, what am I going to do next? Yeah, I think what what you're saying and what a lot of people are, think it is is about you know, and and if this is what you're talking about, then certainly there's a lot of validity to, to what you're saying. It's not about gimmicks. It's not about I'm going to think positively today, or it's not necessarily all about samurai soldiers are in there eating up those bad cells. That's there's something I have no control over whatsoever. You well, do have see, control over your that, thoughts though. and your feelings. That's you do. Rabbi, you want to say? Yes. The yes. problem is that Bernie is right, but he carries it to an extreme. And I haven't seen him define the parameters. When a woman writes to me after the article, Norman Cousins laughed. My mother has Alzheimer's. Let's see Norman Cousins laugh his way out of that. I would like to know Why at what point do you stop? That? I don't know <laughs> at what point you say it will no longer work and there are people getting hurt because of it. I will tell what you exactly when I say that. What about someone when, who right, really... Stop, I'll answer. When somebody comes to me and says, I'm ready to die, I'm tired and I'm sore and I want to leave mm -hmm. my body, I say, fine, I will help you in that transition. When somebody walks into my office and says, I want to fight like hell for my life, I'm told I'm supposed to be dead next week, I say, come on, we'll help you. A lady with AIDS that I know, if you read Parade Magazine, magazine, you'd see it too, who has reversed her blood test, yeah. says when you live in your heart, magic happens. I help people live in their heart. I help them resolve conflicts. I help them experience love. And a lot of those people get better. But and what about quote, the answer to her question, Bernie? What about <laughs> the answer to, okay. The, you said, when you talk about not being scientific, when through genetic engineering, we have taken some of these neuropeptides, given them to people with AIDS, given them to people after bone marrow transplants, and you can create any white count you want. Right now, the only genetic engineers you got are sitting right out there and sitting up here and out in your audience. You want to change your body, change your life and your attitude. People with multiple personalities have allergies in one personality, not in another. Identical twins have the same genes and get cancer 30 years apart when there's an element of despair in their life. And you have to ask people, what's going on in your life that is a reason why you get sick? If he had a backache, I'd ask him, why now? 
you see. But I wouldn't blame him for that. I'd ask him to look at his life and what may be happening in his life. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. Okay, but Rabbi, you, you know, say... He says, when someone comes in and says, I'm ready to die, then I'll say, go ahead. As if confirming the only person who's going to die is somebody who's ready to die. And I find that offensive. I have a teenager in my community. I had. He passed away. From the time he was 15 till he was 21, he fought like heck. And he died. And... I know how but difficult when, it is for his family to hear and how difficult it was for him to hear that you just don't want to try enough. What time of day or night did he die? He died during the day. Then he wasn't a failure, you see. He could die with his family around him. He did it right and he was okay. Most people die at two in the morning because they have to sneak out of their body. That boy, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Every hospital you go to, go to the nearest hospital, ask him when people die, okay? I, that is a fact. When you deal with it and you say to your family, I'm tired and I'm sore, because what's worse is your family saying, don't die. Listen, facts are something I know something about. Can I ask you for a little bit of information? Because <laughs> after all, we are sitting here as physicians, uh, a minister, patients, former patients, and we're all, we all have the same objective. We all want to do the best for people who are sick, for people who are disadvantaged, whether it's emotionally or physically. You've got to do something for us, Bernie. You've got to document these various things. Like there are 4,000 articles in the medical literature. Look, I don't agree that anybody has to me, document anything. The question is, what are you going to do with your mistake. life? You're making you, a big mistake. No, I'm not interested in the what science we, of this thing. It's very nice if there's research that supports it. That's good. And I'm there not interested is research in the science that supports of the thing. it. But I'm I interested, interested in the individual person and no, what no, he or no. she is you, going to do. If you had let me finish, you would hear what I was going to say. I am interested in seeing to it that if this thing has validity, I can use it. And an oncologist can use it. Right. And everybody yes, can. can use right. it. There are something like half a million doctors in this country. Almost every one of the doctors in this country knows about Bernie Siegel. Almost every one of the doctors in this country would love to be able to look at his material the same way we have always looked at all other medical material, with true case reports, with statistics. For example, we now have, you now have, I assume, several thousand patients in ECAMP. Looking through your book, except for some things a medical student did that you yourself said wasn't worthwhile, there's been no attempt to statistically correlate those people, to really tell us the truth about how many of them did well, how many of them did poorly. And here is an example of the kind of thing I mean. In All right, Bernie's let me book, answer that. No, I'm about to tell something that I want you to respond to. Here is an example of what I mean. In Bernie's book, there's a wonderful story 
about a man named Harry, mm -hmm. who's in the operating room, and he has a cardiac arrest. And it seems that everybody gave up on him. They started walking out of the room, and Bernie said, Harry, it's not your time yet, Harry. And Harry woke up, and I don't know whether he hugged Bernie or what he did, but he survived this thing. I think you're misleading people. No, I'm not. And accurately stating what happened. I'm okay? about to accurately state what happened, as I was told by a person in the room. One of the people who was in the room said to me, we continued all of our resuscitative efforts, and we resuscitated this man. Bernie believes that he did it. He believes, because I believe he's totally honest, he believes that what he accomplished was done through his power, through his strength, That's through his true. love. That's Bernie nonsense. believes that That's man absolute did nonsense. it. <laughs> you are so mixed up. First of all, <laughs> you weren't there. I mean, I, I don't even think this is appropriate to bring up here because it's a waste of time. It's not on the subject. But the anesthesiologist was in the doorway. He had given up resuscitating. The cardiogram was a straight line. I knew Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's work. I said, what do I got to lose by saying it's not your time, Larry? Come on back. He came back. I feel it was his decision, not me. I didn't have anything to do with it. And I'm tired of this nonsense. I didn't come here to talk mysticism. I came to talk about people. Right. George Solomon, UCLA, one question that he asked people with AIDS, would you do a favor for a friend you don't want to do? They say yes, they're not likely to be long-term survivors. So learn to say no without guilt. Do things for yourself. That's so, physiologic and scientific. The point you're making, and the point you were trying to make earlier, Jane, and I'll let you tell <clears throat> your story, is that it's about the way you live your life. It's not about positive imaging. I'm teaching people yes. to live. They've been abused. They have grown up without love. <laughs> and then they learn they're gonna die also. I'm a guide through hell. When you ask people what is your disease, they give you metaphors. I'm being eaten up alive, I have a volcano, I have a monster. I teach them to deal with those things. Then I've said to 500 people with AIDS, I've said to thousands of people with cancer, your disease can be a gift and a challenge. It can be a wake-up call. Those are the words people use. Okay, then why, what about her, why does it work for some people and doesn't work for others? Learning to live threatens people. There, I, there's I, a victim mentality in this entire culture. If I see myself as a victim, I am let off the hook. I have no responsibility in the situation. But that does exactly what the rabbi says. If I'm a victim of my husband, a victim of my boss, a victim of my children who, who bully me, I'm a victim, therefore it is not my fault. The phrase is innocent victim. I'm talking about responsibility. It's a whole new world. It's a democratic culture and it requires that we each take responsibility for our lives. How do you standard, get there, Leonard? How do you get to that point? Well, though? what standard of success are you going to impose upon uh, feeling better about yourself and taking responsibility? 100%? If you want to talk about something that's frightening, talk about experimental substances that they give people who have advanced cancer and what they do to people. Talk about some of the things that people aren't aware of that go on in these experiments. The side effects that you have a difficult time finding out about. There's a tremendous lack of information available to this people. This is the point I want to talk about right now, is how, if you have been living your life in such a way that created this disease for you, if that's what you believe, and has put you in this position that you now have cancer, brain tumor, Lou Gehrig's disease, back problems, how do you begin to turn that living around. Obviously I got angry. I got angry. I got angry with this passionate treatment I was receiving from excellent physicians, the distancing. I realized that no doctor was going to be as interested in my problem as I was. I got angry about the fact that it was difficult to get accurate information. It's very tough to, to wait. There's 2,700 medical journals. 
the lag time between the discovery of something and it's working, it's being promising, till it gets to you, is, it's very hard to get information. So I got angry about it and I decided that if, if I was going to confront this, I was going to try to be as creative as possible. I was going to change my attitude towards it and give myself permission to live. Now, most people have asked themselves the question, what would I do if I only had so much time to live? And they don't think about it a very long time because it's such a depressing question. But if you have to confront it, you realize that the best defense against death is trying to live fully. None of us are going to get out of this life alive. We start from that proposition. Focus on vitality. Try to avoid morbidity. You can't do anything about mortality. So don't expect what Bernie suggests to work 100% of the time. There is no dishonor in defeat. There is only dishonor in not fighting. It's better to struggle and seek to survive than to give in. You either believe that or you don't. So you've been diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. Is this all hogwash to you? No, it's not hogwash, but it has to be something you want, something you understand. I believe love is a very important thing, controlling your own life. All of you have very good points, but I believe they all have to work together with each other. You have to have a strong family. You have to like yourself. You have to keep going to the doctors, though, and keep taking the tests and doing the research and giving hope. It's hard. Yes, very it's, hard. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever, any, you'll have to go through. Everybody's going to have to go through it. But oh, you can't dilute yourself into thinking that if you think positive all the time. I never think either way. I just think I have to be up this morning. I have this to do, I have that to do. I don't stop to think, how am I going to do it or should I be positive while I do it? You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I want to talk about this it. power of love because... A lot of people believe that God is love and that God isn't something that you can scientifically document. Do you believe that although it cannot be documented, there's something to it? I'm committed to that and I've written that in my book, Doctors. I talk about that extensively in certain places. I would love, for example, to take Bernie's wonderful book and take out the parts where he claims that he cures people, that he raises the dead or makes tumors melt. They don't melt. claim any of those things. Bernie, since you're only going to get angry and shout me down, because if I question your good result, me. let me ask you about the question of whether you can ever do any harm. And here's the kind of thing that I mean, not the emotional aspects that we've talked about. 
Bernie excuse says me. in his book, you, you, no, I'm asking whether you, I can do harm had the floor or the long. principles not used properly can do harm. You, you specifically. I want to quote something See, but, you let me say, just say this I'd like you. you to respond Can to I say this to you, Dr. Tanula, sure. in defense of, of Bernie's book? I've read the book, and I do not get the impression from reading uh, Love, Medicine, and Miracles that he is saying that he had this power to cure these people. Now, that's not the impression that I got. Is that the impression that you got? He has said in the book over and over again, I will tell you things like, quit your job and your cancer will go away. I did this and this and his cancer melted away. I reread the book, mm -hmm. or at least the sections of it that I remembered mm -hmm. that I wanted to reread, and these statements are shot through the book. But what I want to ask about is not my skepticism mm -hmm. about being able to cure people or fix them up after they've had a cardiac arrest, but does it ever do any harm, physical harm, mm -hmm. medical harm? Now, Bernie says in his book that he never discourages people from orthodox therapy, mm -hmm. which he considers, as he puts it, a good option, a good option, until I can help them take control of their lives. Now, I certainly That's agree. That's not a quote. That is a direct quote, virtually a direct Look, I quote. Was in and you'll find it on page 98. I asked you, Jane, to well, let we have me a copy this, of the book. This is, Bring the book, Yeah, look please. on page 98. Page Good 98. Page 98. I recommend the patients do not reject standard medical techniques, at least as one option. Most people are simply not strong enough to leave their troubles to God, that is, heal themselves through finding peace of mind, developing a clear conscience. Drugs and surgery buy time and may cure while patients work to change their lives. The implication, obviously, is that if they're in ECAP in New York patients, you work with them to save their lives. Your technique That's is... That's your interpretation. Yeah, because I didn't That's interpret it that way. Admit. See, what I see is what happens when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, there's nothing I can do for you, you'll be dead in six months. Right. I've never said that to anyone. I didn't anyone. say you did, did I? I I've said, never what heard happens? of anyone saying Ah, oh, you don't talk to the people <laughs> I talk to. Were you told that? Were you told that? Yeah. You who is told? Who has I can tell you a that? quote. You want to listen? I have been told that. Oh, I, you're not on mic, so you have to be on mic if you want to be heard. Yes, yes, ma'am, yes. While you're waiting for the mic, an oncologist pulls a stick out of the drawer, says to a lady, the only thing that'll help you, she says, what is it? He said, a magic wand. That's a quote from a patient, okay? Yes, you say. I conduct a, a cancer self-help group at Evanston Hospital, and I cannot tell you the numbers of people who have had some godlike figure tell them they have six months or three months or two months to live and that nothing can be done for them. I think the issue here is... What do you mean, godlike figure? They're doctors who are busy, busy pronouncing life and death. I think there are a lot of things at play here. It isn't just the matter of Holly Golightly and having a positive mental attitude. I think it's important to take control of your life. The moment we're diagnosed, it's a terrible blow. It's not exactly like winning the lottery. One does get depressed. There are feelings of fear and anxiety. These are valid, too. They have to be allowed. One can try to be pleasant, nice to the people around them. It's nicer to your family and your doctors, I suppose, if you're concerned about being loved while you're being treated. But it's more important to validate your own feelings, deal with your own feelings, take control, and work. This should be a joint venture. 
with you and your physician. Right. Your doctor is not in complete control, and neither in you. You both are. And you see I the statement about the options. First truly sensible thing okay. I've heard in the last hour. Okay. This is exactly what every good physician endorses. Do you know how we drill into the heads of medical students mm -hmm. and residents mm -hmm. this kind of thing? that we must never say to people, you have six but months you, or two months see, or whatever. what makes me different is for 10 years, I've sat with people in cancer groups and workshops, and I've heard that what doctors have said to people, and doctors have killed people with their words because we're trained poorly. And I also want to add, while I have a moment, that when you say, why don't you do research, it's very simple. Who's giving you the funds? Where's the politics? What the economics? That, as I mentioned in the book, 10 years ago, they gave money to find a carcinogen in the kitchen because housewives have more cancer than women who work. Did they find a carcinogen? No. And this is the nonsense behind our research. Let's study people. When you feel trapped in that kitchen, you're more vulnerable to disease. But Dr. Newland, are you saying if you combine the two, that the two need to be combined? I am saying what I said before, mm -hmm. which is that I think that this loving, wonderful, kind man is talking about very important things in which he believes like a zealot. The concept of taking your life in your own hands is the most valid concept I know in medicine. That's not my quarrel with Bernie. My quarrel with Bernie is the 4,000 patients who've been cured and the people who get up off an operating table. You want documents. You want documents. I have never seen it. I All have right. been doing <laughs> surgery for 30 years. I have never seen a cancer right? melt away. Okay. okay. I just wanted to say that there's a lot of problems that come up with the book in that I have had... Bernie Siegel's book. Bernie Siegel's book in that I've had to take it off the shelf. Because You're a nurse. I, I'm a nurse because I have felt that some people feel that they can cure themselves totally with just the love, with just the positive attitude. And I've seen people not go for treatment because of this. Yeah, for, with conventional they, treatment. They are misreading the book, obviously. Right. Because I, I put a, specifically a joke in there where God says, Dumbbell, I sent you a surgeon, oncologist, radiation therapist, nutritional therapist. Um, yeah, I get letters from people say, I stopped all my medicine, fell down, banged my head in the bathtub. Why is God banging me around? Uh, I said, you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. Uh, right. And I think and that's, that's true. the problem. And that's why I screen the patients that I do oh. give the book to. That's them. fine. And See, that they do, do need to know that. <laughs> but you took the book off the shelf because you thought it was damaging yeah. to people. I don't it think is that's damaging fine. To I people, think that's censorship. And well. I think you're denying those patients an opportunity for a chance and new hope. How for is what she they denying them if a patient takes that book, reads it, and misinterprets it, and then thinks. She can say, if you don't like the book, throw it in the wastebasket. Exactly. But that's not what happens most of the time. I'm writing another book no right way. now to deal with this <laughs> whole thing about failure and coming up and up and over and over yes. again. You know, what is this woman, though, even saying to this group by saying, I've had cancer and I've done away with my treatments and look, I'm alive 10 years later. How is that any different than the person who talks about the, the statistics that we have from, from smoking and says, you know, I have a great uncle who smoked all of his life and look, he doesn't have cancer. I worry a little bit about this kind of thing. It's a personal matter. It's, That's what we're trying to get to. It's a personal choice. The more difficult That's choice right. is when there is an accepted therapy. So you think this is dangerous because it says to everybody out there who has cancer, she did. Okay. No. It says Further, the message is that she did it, I can do it too. Furthermore, I did have medical treatment. I had a modified radical mastectomy. I had treatment, but I didn't want to. Damage my health any further with chemotherapy. Exactly, so and what I decided, what I decided to do, which was right for me, 
was learn everything I could about the disease, read about all the therapies that were available to me, and do my own program together see, with I, the cooperation of a number of physicians who were I sympathetic. I respect your judgment to do with what you want with yourself, but the problem with it is when you make the statement that I am not going to damage my body any further with any kind of treatment beyond that point, mm -hmm. you're giving a message to people. That's and why I, I think use symbols and drawings. I'm look, saying, read the book. I'm saying people right, have to people have then, to make their own choices right. in these matters, and I respect okay. the choices they make. Mm -hmm. If they want to have chemotherapy, if they believe in it, it is going to work for them. <laughs> I'm not interested in Bernie Siegel just per se in terms of his book, but he didn't invent compassion. He didn't invent what you were talking about, the concept of hope, the feeling that I can get well. The only thing that we feel strongly about is that Bernie Siegel brought it to an extreme where he said that from now on when I give a eulogy, I will have to say either he died during the daytime or he died at night. <laughs> and I can't buy that. And that's what we're talking about, extremism in any form. And what I have here is a kind of McCarthyism with regard to getting well. If you didn't get well, it almost appears and I don't care whether Bernie tried to say that or is misunderstood but that is what many people are saying that's what many people are thinking and that's what we should be addressing but is ourselves that their to. problem or his that's problem that's the problem of a societal yeah, feeling that. that Bernie Siegel is a part of because he projected part of that idea he may not have wanted to carry that to uh, that extreme yeah. but that's what people are saying and that's what we should be addressing ourselves to point? well the point is what is happening to all the caregivers and the family and everybody who's looking at the patient mm -hmm. who's progressing as an ALS where there are no proven survivors unfortunately there are. the diseases there are. Yes. Is, well okay. that's good I but, consider myself a positive thinker and she I love is. myself I love my family my husband loves me my mom and dad love me <laughs> everybody loves everybody okay <laughs> But I'm still getting sick. All right. But I'm still going on and living my life. Right. Right. I'm having two children. And I started I? my own foundation that right. gives raises money right. to give emotional psychological right. support. Plus, I work with the Les Turner, who does the research. Okay, but my point is, to the people support. who are physically suffering, well, is I'm your weak. right? You are. But are, are other people having a problem giving you sympathy, giving you care, and so forth by saying to you, the patient? Are you not trying hard enough? And that's, not that's, use that's the whole point. Right. But yeah. people in general who are showing Look, the disease, whether I it's cancer or AIDS or ALS or anything, how then there do are I lousy help them? friends who make you feel guilty. There are terrible therapists who make it's you feel only you've if caused you let your them disease. Make you feel guilty. Okay, it's but only... there are. They're out no. there. I don't deny that. But the individual with the illness is the great healer. Yeah. All right. I thank you all. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening.